get your jokes out of the way early. It's opening day. I'm in a really good mood. As you can tell, a really good mood. All right. Good. That happy opening happy, day, everybody. It's birthday. Blair and Barker. Happy, happy birthday, opening Jeff. day. Yeah, well, not that big a deal. It's actually my daughter's birthday. That's more important. It is. Yeah. Same day, huh? Same day. Me and my dad, my dad also. So that's pretty See, cool. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah, happy birthday. But you Anna. are the only person I know that comes in singing the song to yourself and no, bring I, cupcakes for yourself. No, that, I, I, that's odd. I, it is a little No, odd. it was a gift from my wife for everybody here. And from me, by extension, for me. Sure. For everybody here. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to the uh, bakery. It's Bitten in Hamilton you on should. Lock Street if you're down there. By the way, if the, I'm telling you, man, their butter tarts is good. They got butter tarts right now that have got those Cadbury Easter I see eggs what on you're top. Trying man, to do here. Some for free. It's cool. It's no, all no, right. No, no, anyhow. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. So, uh, yeah, there you go. It's, uh, I know, you know, Turning 50 is... Yeah, yeah, it's something else. It's something Times else, man. Times two. It only, yeah, it's it, something else. It only happens once uh, <laughs> It only happens once in your lifetime. It does, It's like right? turning 63. It <laughs> only happens once in your lifetime. Anyhow, it's uh, not my day today. It's opening day, and it's your day. We're taking phone calls all day. You want to vent? You want to make predictions? You want to yeah. do some over-under? Well, people already? are already probably mad. Uh, you're mad. You can't believe that Jose Barrios is on the team. <laughs> so if you want to vent, leave comments... Whatever. Great point. The man. numbers, and I got to remember this. It's been a long well, time you're not since I've given out Write phone it down. numbers. Shut up. Write 416-870-0590. Oh, it's up there. Star 590, 1-888-666-0590. The back leg line, we have a new number. It's 416-419-416-419. 413. 416-413-3959. What does it say on this piece of paper right here, Barker? Just tell me. 419. It says 3959. Three, three, nine, nine. <laughs> Anyhow, so there you are. 416-413-3959. Oh, yeah. And if you call up, you'll hear Miles Mikolas. You're 63, uh, yeah. Yeah. Miles Mikolas will be there leaving a message for you. 410 first pitch on radio, TV, and streaming. Alec Manoa gets a start for the Blue Jays. Miles Mikolas gets a start for the Cardinals. A reminder that uh, the first installment of Alec Manoa Obsessed, uh, put together by Hazel May and Stephen Payne, will air before the game on Blue Jay Central. I watched it this morning. It's pretty cool. It's good stuff. It's pretty cool. You got. I'm not going to give anything away, but you got to watch it and you got to listen to Alec Manoa at his kids' camp mm-hmm. talking to the kids. <laughs> it's like it is. It is. It is cool. It'd be like having your best buddy in the schoolyard talking to you. It's re- yeah. it's it's really neat. It's really well done. Mm-hmm. The first installment goes today, and uh, the subsequent installments will go. Uh, before every one of Alec Manoa's outings. This is the first time since 1968 every major league team will open a season on the same day. Uh, the first two games are at 105 San Francisco and the Yankees at Landon, Washington. I'll tell you how old I am. I'm so old I can remember when the Cincinnati Reds used to always play the first game of the year. Sure. And they used to have a parade <clears throat> in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Players would be paraded 
down the street to the ballpark. And the Reds, because they were the oldest team in baseball, would always play the first game. And I think it was like 12.05 in Cincinnati or something like that. But it was a really big deal because I used to I used to be able to get, uh, I think it was WLW, used to be able to get the, the Cincinnati station where I lived in Manitoba. So it was kind of cool because you could, you could listen to the first game of the year. But anyhow, there we are. Uh, it is opening day. The numbers are 416-870-0590, star 591 590 Brad Thompson, Cardinals analyst, joins us later on in the show. Shai Davidi, he is, of course, in St. Louis uh, for the first of three games today, and or the first of three games in this series. The Jays are starting their schedule with two weeks on the road because they're busy putting the final screws and coats of paint into things mm-hmm. at the Rogers Center. We did our picks yesterday, Kevin, or a couple of days ago. Um, I don't know, I'm just sitting here looking, looking at the 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 Cardinals. Kind of a little deeper dive into the Cardinals, uh, and of course, the big storyline is going to be the pitch clock and uh, the restrictions on the shifts, etc., etc. Yada. Yeah, pitch clock's going to be a big you deal. You think so? Oh yeah. I don't. I, I think they'll be. We know that I'll be, I'll uh, be we as know nice that Alec, umpires as I can possibly no, no, be. No, I think no. it's a bigger issue for those guys than it is the player. We've already seen Alec, I, I we've already seen Alec Manoa and Alejandro Kirk have issues in two games. When, when the heart rate goes up, it, it, look, it's not ball. it's not hard to go. Tiempo, run out there to your pitcher and go, hey, what, what do you want to throw? If it, this doesn't work, what do you want to throw next? Like, it's real simple. You make the mistake one time, you make it in, in spring training. We heard John Snyder talk about this. It's it's trial and error. They, they're grown men. Me, I think it's more about the, <laughs> the guy standing behind the, the catcher and something goes wrong and he's throwing his hands in the air and has to make a scene and look at me. I'm on the field. I For me, I think it will be a more issue for that than I will for the players. That's just me. But what do I know? Yeah, we'll see. I'm uh, I'm looking at these at these pitching matchups. Oh, there's some good ones. There's some real good ones. Mm-hmm. And and Rob, man, I'm going to ask you this: What do you think the chances are that we see a game under two fifteen today? Looking at the pitching matchups, first game of the year, going to be cold in a couple of places. And I'm looking at uh, Logan Webb and Garrett Cole. That's pretty good. Aaron Nola, Jacob DeGrom. Dylan Cease, Framber Valdez. That's going to be a good one. Quick Scherzer and, Al- Scherzer and Alcantara. Ball guys. Scherzer and Alcantara. Scherzer, it's going to be fun to see how Scherzer, what Scherzer does with the clock because we know he's basically turned using the pitch clock into, you're right, mentioned Cease and Valdez. That'll mm-hmm. be a good one. Bieber o- and Castillo is Otani's. a really good one. Yep. <clears throat> be fast, though. I'm looking forward to that. 215, that's, 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 that's in a hurry. Yeah, look, I Rob Manfred. I think it's not exactly what said, it's supposed to be doing. Rob Manfred said he he, you know, again, this is just talking. He thinks that we'll see a game like that. I mean, at I, the I, gate. I, I guess if that's what floats his boat, fine, fine. No, and but that's he's just what, saying that's I, what he's yeah. looking for. It's not what I'm looking because for because you're looking at some of the pitching matchups it's, it's more than just, anything it's, else. It's, it's absolutely like you don't want to take away from how good the players are, the pitchers are, the hitters are. You want a more. You just the flow of the game's better, right? In spring training, you saw that, and I think that's what I'll be looking for. Not two fifteen game. Come on. Really? Well, I think his point was the pitch, The pitching matchups are so good, and it's early in the year. You might yeah, see some guys. The weather will have something to do with it. How do you attack these guys, right? It's controlling the heart rate, all those things that go in the opening day. I was there one time. It was that's – the, that's the whole thing of it is how you control it. And 
What happened? Let me ask you this. What was your second game like after opening day? Reality. I said this to you. Nathan Lucas, I've said this to you. Like that that allure of, oh, I'm here. Everything looks bigger. It's brighter. You know, you make more money. <laughs> you see the minor league numbers that came out of them? <laughs> How much money? More money? How much more money you make? It's, uh, yeah, it's... I, I think once once that wears off, you know you, your uniform fits. It smells nice. Your helmet fits. Mm-hmm. You have brand new spikes. You have you know brand new turf shoes. All those things are cool. And then you get in the game, you go over for one. Reality hits. Man, I'm the 26th man. I, you know, I, the leash for me is not going to be as long as everybody else. Right. It again, it depends on who you are about how you attack seasons. Right. You're probably going to do it in in lumps. You're going to figure out the first couple of weeks because of the weather because of who you're facing because of timing how you felt coming out of spring training all the things that go into you trying to get off to a hot start you know again it's it's about who you are where you're at in the pecking order 416-870-0590 star 591 let's go to pat in kitchener pat happy opening day thank you happy opening day this is like uh new year's day it is <laughs> nice. we it is, as a matter of fact, when Dave Van Horn was the Blue Jays, uh, was was the, or was the Expos play-by-play announcer, he would always, opening day, he'd come in and go, Happy New Year, everybody. Nice. And then at the last, after the last game of the season, he'd look at all of us and go, well, finally, I get to pick my own friends. <laughs> I, um, I, I, you know, I'm really glad it's a 4 o'clock game instead of 7 o'clock. I, it's so hard to wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> us too. No. Yeah, we are. I have a sure. question. About uh, Dalton Varshow. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone talks about him as a finished product in his batting, but he's only played like a one and a half full seasons. Yeah, Pat, who, who has said that? Nobody just, I just hear he can't hit left handed batting. He can't, you know, think, he's. Yeah, Pat's right. You're saying he's a known commodity, is what you're saying. Yeah. He, yeah, he oh, is. you're yeah. saying he's a finished product. Is that, yeah. is that what you're saying? Yeah. No, no. I, I look, nobody on this show have, has said that. The people that I've talked to, there's some unknowns there, right? And I said this to start Thank the, you, the season. Yeah, absolutely. Good call. And thanks for being the opener. Uh, it's, look, look I, I, it's too early to have these conversations and be Debbie Downer. It really is. But again, Jeff, would you be surprised he is 215 with 15? And drops oh, in yeah. 40 runs. I would. Yeah, I would. I, I wouldn't would. be surprised. But you also wouldn't be surprised if he has 240 and hits 25 or 6 and drives in 70 or 80. I wouldn't be surprised with that either. There's some unknowns there. That's why you're seeing the one time he's got the big leg kick, the other time he's got stride separation. There's some things there. We've heard, we've heard right, with the three different second basements they got that can play multiple positions – you're going to have to earn it. And I think he's in one of those little things where the bats have to be there. We know what the, the athleticism, how good he plays defense. It's where he hits the lineup. He's hitting sixth. He's going to come up with traffic, a lot of traffic. That, for me, is the big thing. How's he handle that, right? Driving in runs, somebody got to do it. Like, I know it's a team stat, and everybody poo-poos it whenever they hear, oh, he had 100 RBIs, ah, whatever. Somebody's going to have to drive in 100 or close to it. 70, 80, 90, or you got to have three or four or five people to do it. He, I think they're expecting him to be one of those guys. For me, I think that's the thing is, how do you handle it? Because this is not Arizona. This is Toronto when you're trying to win a World Series. Expectations are at a different level. How does he handle an 0 for 20? He's going to go through an 0 for 20. How does he handle it? I think where it becomes an issue is if he is – 
scuffling offensively, at what point, if you're the Blue Jays, does the net gain of having him in the outfield? That's a great point. When do the scales tip? The net gain of having Dalton Varsha when he's, he's a terrific outfielder. Then you don't hit him sixth. When does that happen? Like, see, I, I, mm-hmm. I Dalton Varsha is going to be in the lineup every day. Like, we got to get over this. I, I don't think Whit Merrifield is going to be playing much in left field. I think Dalton Varsha is going to be in the lineup every day. I, and and I think they're gonna, they're just going to roll with it because of the defense. There's such there's 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 such an emphasis being placed on defense this year by this team that if it's me I'm overlooking whatever issues Dalton Varsho has offensively it's like not everybody's a perfect player you know we're gonna have the Bo Bichette defense and it's gonna drive me nuts he's not gonna win a gold glove he might win a batting title I'll take that <laughs> I'll take Bo Bichette maybe getting some MVP awards over winning a gold oh, a gold glove I'll take that Every one of these players has a flaw. Most players in baseball, unless your name is Shohei Otani or Mike Trout, you got a flaw. Some of them are big flaws. So I, I just, at this point in time, I don't want to get too, I don't want to have too many preconceived notions about guys. Now, listen, I understand. Let's, there is the idea. There is the idea out, out there. Point. There is the idea out there that Dalton Varsho could be a left-handed Matt Chapman offensively. Lots of power, no average. I, I, I get that. But let's just wait and see. There you go. That's and what, I that's also what I think... I said it's a little early to be I, having this conversation. I just think we, we need to... We just don't know what the game is going to look like I, in, in May with the shift being restricted. Do we know, don't know how the Rodgers... We think we know how the Rodgers Center is going to play. We don't know how know the Rodgers Center is I know he's play. a deadpool hitter. He has timing issues. So. Other than that, I don't know if he'll hit 240 or hit 215. Let's go to Rob. He is in Tennessee. Awesome. He's driving home hey, from Rob. spring training. Which part of, where are you now in Tennessee? Just crossed the border, gentlemen. Happy New Year. Oh, welcome back. Go. Well, no, he's in Tennessee, the border into Tennessee, right? Oh, in Tennessee. Oh, I thought he's crossing the border here. No, I think he just got oh, into. I wish. Yeah, he there just got go. into there Tennessee. You go. There you okay, go. good. We'll be safe. Thanks for calling. All right, I will. Yeah, listen, I wanted to talk to you guys. We were very fortunate to come down and watch all of spring training with all the games, the home games at least. And I was thinking about what is the upside and the downside of this season outside of the obvious injuries that could happen to any lineup. But every year, if I've learned anything about baseball, is there are surprises you don't see coming. And I think the upside surprise could be starting pitching. I think that Tiedemann is knocking on the door just like Manola was a few years ago. And if they have to or because of his performance or an injury bring him up, I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised how good this kid is. I got to sit behind home plate and watch him strike out an all-star player with a nasty fastball and slider. I thought, oh, my God, this kid looks awesome. So that's the upside. I think they got more starting pitching than we think if everything goes to the upside. And to the downside, I agree with what you were just talking about. I think the downside is their offense is not going to be potentially as close as what we're used to. We're so spoiled by that lineup the last few years. I think they traded off some offense, obviously, with Guriel and with Hernandez to get better outfield defense. So we're going to have to be happy winning games 3-2 instead of 7-6. 
You know, before we answer that question, I, 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 Rob, I did want to ask you because you saw a lot of those games. Now, I watched those games on TV. I wasn't down there. But were you as impressed with Kevin Kiermeyer's spring as I was? And we'll get we'll get to answer your question. But I, I thought Kevin Kiermeyer's spring was tremendous. Oh, I do too. I, I think he could offer us a lot more than people are expecting. And one of the things we noticed the last home game we went to is he was jacked up and excited. He was giving everybody high fives and jump around like a jumping bean in the dugout before the game started. This is spring training the last week mm-hmm. where everybody just wants to play ball. So I think he's like a little kid and that could be infectious and I, he's not afraid to take charge. He might annoy some people some of the time, but you'll know he's there. Listen, we yeah. uh, we appreciate the call. Drive safely, Thanks, and uh, Kevin, I'll turn over the uh, I'll, ter- I'll, I'll turn over Rob's point to you. I, I, I guess what we're looking at is kind of the upside. Where the where are the surprises that that you see? I mean, I've already said I think Whit Merrifield's going to be a surprise for this team. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Just, hey, 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 okay, he gets 180 hits. That's a surprise to you. I think that's what you're talking about, right? You're not talking yeah. about hitting homers. No, no, he's no. He's going to play no. you decent defense. You're talking about two-hit wit thing. I, I'm, I'm if talking. He's getting you that when he plays, he'll force John's hand. Yeah, I'm talking about. I'm talking about he's he's a second baseman eighty percent of the time. Maybe stays healthy. eighty percent of the time. Maybe. I, why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't they have said that already? I, 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 that's, I don't think that's, that's, because that, they've got I three do. players there. Right? I, it doesn't matter. It does a little. Like I, I maybe think, they have. I think contending teams. They well. They just haven't told us. Maybe. Maybe. I Look, I I think they have superstars in their lineup when they're healthy. I do think they have that. I think the Brandon Belt, uh, Matt Chapman, we have no idea how Matt Chapman's going to handle trying to make a bunch of money. Th- that that offensively, Jeff, that's, is a – we've already seen very him good point. adjust. Very good point. When he had, how many homers? He had 27 homers last year. It's a decent year. Twenty. He struck out a bunch of times. 180 times. They struck out less times last year than he did the year before. The point is, we have no idea how that's going to be handled, right? He gets off to a really slow start. He has a bad April. How's that affect the rest of this year? He's trying to get paid $200 million bucks, a lot of money. We all know who your agent is. So we have no idea how he's going to handle that. He is hitting seventh. I get back to that. How are you going to give a dude $200 million when he's on seven hole, hitting seven hole on a good team? Because no bad team's going to bring him to their team. But that's just me. Anyway, your point is somebody will pay him. Look, I think the offensive side of it for me, if they're healthy, is the last, the least of their worries. Now, there is some unknowns with the Brandon Belts and the Varshows is what we talked about. Can Danny Jansen continue to pull the baseball, hit homers? That's sort of what we want. Alejandro Kirk, we haven't talked about it. See, would he have a backup year? Backup year means he doesn't play a lot because he's either hurt or hurt. He's not hitting the fastball. His bat, I got to be honest with you. When I saw him in spring training, his bat looked slower. Now, again, this gets back to that. What, what will you take away from spring training? Yeah. Not a ton. Because, you know, he didn't play a ton, really, because the situation with him being at home and his wife and those kind of things, and so you don't want to take a lot into that, and he's a really good hitter, and he thinks right center all the time, and he will be a big piece to this lineup, you do think, when he is playing. So there is some unknowns there. For me, it's the rotation of the bullpen. Like, I, I defensively, they're a better team. Bo's going to be Bo. We're going to have to yell and scream about whatever he's doing and not doing defensively. <laughs> defensively, I think in the infield, they're good enough. Outfield, they're an upgrade. It's the it's the pitching part of it. The first three guys in the rotation, I think you're okay with those, right? You sort of the, – the Chris Bassett thing, I look. Eight pitches for me is too many. Like I, poor Danny Jansen. Like I just don't. And how would that hurt Danny Jansen's offense? We heard we saw that with Ryu. Say the word. More worried about that. Say the word. Needy. 
more worried about that than he was yeah. offensively. So, you know, that that's a little bit, but I still think he's going to give you 160-plus innings, and he'll he'll do his job. He's a three-and-a-half ERA guy. He'll be a three-and-a-half ERA guy here on, depending on how many pitch, uh, innings he throws. The other two guys, do you have any idea? I have no idea. Uh, look, I I know you say Kikuchi's throwing more breaking balls. He was breaking ball heavy in spring training. You going to do that against a good team? Because I don't know about you guys, but the last time I saw his breaking ball, not real good. And if I consistently throw that to a good hitting team, it's one thing doing it to the Pirates. Another thing doing it to the Phillies who ain't got their lineup in there. I'm not trying to downplay what I he did. I know what you're saying. Because it's, a, thank goodness. Yeah. Because I'm not real sure I'm with Rob about the, the depth of their rotation. I mean, they yeah, got dudes. They, they but got them you. dudes, I don't know if you really want to see a ton of them now. now yeah. Tiedemann, yeah. I mean, I, it's just funny that they're trying to back Tiedemann off and make sure they're, are they getting him ready for the stretch run? Do you really want a kid in the stretch run? I, that for me is, so there's some unknowns there. I'm not saying the talent is not off the charts. And he's not going to be a stud because he is. But there's when would you bring him up? When would you use him in a, in a playoff push? So, yeah, this team's not perfect. It's like every other contending do you, team. Do you think? Give me one to ten. Do you think this team will be looking for starting pitching at the trade deadline? One to ten. Got feeling. Yes. I go about nine and a half. Yes, I could. I could <laughs> I go about I nine could, and a half. I could almost see they don't have a choice. Yeah. I hopefully it's just because, you know, they're 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 reaching the stretch run. They're reaching some, you know, whatever. Somebody's it's, out there that I, could could I, uh, like a Taiwan Walkerish kind of guy or something. Something take their team to the next level. I, I, I think it'd probably idea, be a but... more of a bullpen arm. You need yeah. they need an eighth inning guy. They they need a no brainer. Jimmy Gar, let's see, let's let's uh, let's, let's, just see, I, let's I see what Jimmy Gar, let's see what Jimmy Garcia. For me, Jimmy Garcia brings. this year is their rover. He's their okay. hybrid. He's their hybrid. I'm talking about an eighth inning guy. I don't care if it's one, two, three for the Yankees. I don't care if it's four, five, six for the Dodgers or for the Phillies. I'm bringing right him in the game, and now I worry about because I of who my ninth inning guy is and how many other arms and spinning it because you know the Jays and the Khakis love to spin it first and all the weird arm angles, you can do that in the sixth and seventh inning. They need a legit no-brainer eighth-inning guy. So to answer your question, for me, hmm. probably, but they really, really, to take them to another level and to win a playoff series, they need an eighth-inning guy. Jordan and Markham, happy opening day, my hey, friend. Hey, Jordan. And uh, thank you very sorry, much. Jason for and Markham? Jason, sorry, go uh, ahead. Sorry, no, Hi, no problem. Uh, welcome back, gentlemen, first Thanks, and Jason. foremost. Thank you. Um, I want to take a second to thank management and ownership for re-injecting what was necessary in this team yeah. to get this level of excitement for a start of a, hopefully an exceptional year. Well said. The, the commitment with the money. And the job by Ross and Mark to get the right people in here. Very, very excited for the year to come. Yeah, I, I mean, we've talked about this. It's, it's thanks for calling. Yeah, did you have a question or you want to make comment? That's fine. Thanks. Listen, I, uh, you know, we're owned by the same people that own the Blue Jays. So anything I say, people are going to roll their eyes. Again, I, 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 I just throw this out there. This team's a luxury tax team right now. Nobody's complained about it. You haven't heard ownership complain about it, at least publicly. You haven't heard Mark Shapiro 
complain about it. It's remarkable how becoming a luxury tax team, like 10 years ago, that would have been a massive, that would have been a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Now it's like everybody, they go, yeah. They're supposed to do that. I think we need to remind ourselves again that this is a team that is spending a lot of money refurbishing its stadium. Yep. And it's going to have to spend more money next year to refurbish the stadium. And a team that hasn't had, you know, that, that basically missed a year, a year and, year and a bit of attendance because of COVID, a year because of COVID. So, yeah, the, I don't think there's much doubt uh, that ownership's committed. I think that doesn't mean that if you're Ross Atkins or Mark Shapiro, you know, if there's a chance to prune, to, to maybe get somebody in who's making the major league minimum, who can replace somebody who's making $2 million a year in your bullpen, and maybe you'll look at that. Sure. Maybe you'll look at that. But that performance uh, bought, Exactly. Bottom line is the decisions that are going to be made here are going to be driven by performance oh. or lack of performance. There they're not going to be there saying, they're not going to be there saying, the money. we got to get rid of, pick a reliever because he makes $2.6 No. We got to get rid of him because he ain't no good. So it's fun to hear and it's fun to watch them do that. That they're filling in the blanks when they have to fill them in, and I don't think it's about cost anymore. Yeah, no, they're going to be they're going to be careful and they're going to be smart, obviously, and they're not going to be crazy with it. Listen, if they need if they need an extra bullpen arm and it's going to cost them two or three million, the bullpen arm will be here. the, The the only thing about being up against the salary cap that concerns me is one of this team's strengths in recent years has been able to take on money or to give put money in deals. You, know, you make a trade with the team, you throw some money in, you get a better player in return. That's the only... I, I wonder if there's still as much wiggle room when it comes to that. But that's that's just me. I've, I've seen nothing that suggests... I've seen nothing to suggest if Mark and Ross went to ownership at the trade deadline and somebody was out there and they had a, a and, and they had a deal... I don't see anything that would suggest to me that ownership wouldn't wouldn't let them make I'm that move. You. I really don't. They're all in. It looks looks you to know. me like. And one thing we know about these guys is is every player that's available, most players that are available, they'll at least make a call on. You know, the days are gone where eh, nobody calls the Blue Jays. No, even Scott Boris signs his clients here. So uh, that is uh, a great point. A couple things to keep in mind. Tyler and Beaverton. Happy opening day, Tyler. Hey, Tyler. Happening opening day to you guys. Thanks, buddy. Um, now, Kevin, this is kind of mainly a question for you. Okay. You seem to be a little hot and heavy on the Yankees. I'd like to know what the gap is in your mind between the Yankees and the Blue Jays. Because when I look at the Yankees roster, I see a walking injury list. I see old guys. I see Cabrera come out of nowhere last year. Judge, he goes beast mode and MVP. Can he do it again? Nasty Nestor, can he do it again? Just help me out here. Why are the yeah. Yankees good and why are they winning the division? Yeah, I think I think it's past experience. It's a good, it's a good question. You know, I think you're you're talking about 95, 96, 97 wins. I think that for me is what it's going to take to win the American League East or beat the Yankees. I think they're going to win that many games. And you got you flip it on your other end and say, do you think the Blue Jays? If your answer is yes, to you think they're good enough in all parts of their game to win ninety five plus games? then you have a really good argument to say that I'm wrong. 
right now, I'm just not sure you see that. I'm not saying that the Jays are not a really good team and not a playoff team. I'm just not sure they're a 95, 96, 97 win team, which is what I think you're going to have to do to beat the Yankees. I just think when the rotation for the Yankees is healthy, which that's their little bugaboo, right, is they're older. Like, that's what happens to old dudes. They get hurt, right? You can't run the bases without getting hurt. I think defensively, now again, with Volpe at shortstop, that's going to be an intriguing thing. But if you've seen with the Yankees, when they bring up some young, really good guys, and they do have some depth in their rotation, which is a good thing. Like, they can make up for some woes for for a little ways, for a little time. Not all year, obviously, because you want your guys you paid for. I just think the depth of their rotation, their pitching, I think the experience that they got of winning 95, 96 games is a little bit better than the Blue Jays. Would I be shocked if the Blue Jays won the American League East? Absolutely not, because they got a really good team. They got some superstars on their team. Today, If you, for me anyway, if you match their guys up against the Blue Jays, 95, 96 wins, and again, I get back to that balanced schedule thing. I think I just don't know how to take that with the Blue Jays. I just don't. I, do you? I, if you got an answer for that, which I, you know, we we had uh, what's his, what was a uh, Mike Grish? Yeah, yesterday on was saying about the advanced scouting had to be almost elite because of the teams that you don't face all the time. I, I get back to that. The game planning, we overthink it. I just I look experience to me when you're a a top end team. The Jays are one of those teams. The Yankees are one of those teams. The Astros are one of those teams. You got to win 95, 96 games. It's a lot. 416-870-0590, star 590, Corey in Barry. Hey, Corey. Happy opening day. Happening opening day, fellas. How Thank are you? Ya? Good, thanks. Doing you. well. Good, good. Um, just a quick question, and I hate to be Debbie Downer on opening day, but um, we have so much depth on our um, on our lineup and whatnot, but uh, starting to what if one or two go down? What kind of depth do we have there? And who do you see in our uh, minor league system that could possibly fill in some gaps if it comes down to it? Uh, thanks for the call. I don't see anybody. I don't know Ricky Tiedemann. I, I, don't <laughs> I mean, are you going to be honest you're, you're, here? The word is Zach Thompson, uh, uh, Bowden Francis, Drew Hutchison, Sam Roberts. Like, you're you're looking at who, what? Well, like those Sam Roberts, the Broadway. Bowden, Bowden. Bowden Francis is kind of interesting. Bowden Francis kind of... He's a pitch-to-contact guy. He kind of interests me a bit. He he interests me a bit. You made an interesting point. It's not the one start they can give you. Okay, you can get by with one start. It's if one of these guys go down and they have to give... They have to fill in the blanks for four or five starts. But you can make a case... Who's giving it to you? You can make a case a lot. Look at the the Cardinals. You can make a case a lot of teams are like that. It's not the American League East. Again, get back to that stuff, right? The, The divisions are different expectations are different. Cardinals are expected to win 89 games, not 96, yeah, 97 you, games. Like, there's a big difference here, right? And those, Again, again, though, it was, it, it, there isn't a team out there that, that could afford to lose Kevin Gossman, a Kevin Gossman uh, for six weeks and not, not be affected. I, I, I understand, uh, I, I understand you know, the argument about depth, you're starting pitching, but hopefully... Hopefully you only need those guys for one or two starts. And I'm okay with the yeah. guys they have for one or two. One I'm or with two. you. And I don't know if I should – I don't want to spend my time worrying about what happens. What happens if there's a calamity? I don't know. What happens if, if Manoa and Gossman both go down? They're, they're screwed. I mean, everybody's screwed in baseball yeah. when that yeah. happens. So, a great point. I mean, that's – yeah. That, I, I would Mitch, – Mitch White's going to get some runs. I was going to say, I, those guys. all I want – I want to have one guy in the system that if calamity hits, I can trust that guy. 
one guy. I don't need, and I just don't, maybe Mitch White's that guy. Some of the, the analytics numbers like him. Uh, the people in the organization like him. I think it's frankly a good thing that he's down in AAA and is going to be stretched out and be a starter because I just, we talked about this, I think the whole idea of needing a quote-unquote long man, that's gone. You got an eight-man bullpen. You got an eight-man bullpen. The hell, you got eight relievers. Yeah. Eight relievers. That's more for Barrios than you say, Kitchy. Let's let's yeah. be honest about that. <sighs> well, it's true. You should be able to. You should be able to piece together a nine-inning game if your starter gives well, you five innings without you, needing without believe, needing a multi-inning guy. They, they believe that. I, I think other parts like base running is going to be a big deal. The outfield defense could make up for some woes if they do have a hiccup or two health-wise in their rotation. That they feel like you know sometimes mm. at the lineup because of the balance now the lefties. I'm not saying the lefties aren't good. Just there's some unknowns there. You don't really know what you're going to get. But if they are good for a couple of week period of time. They can help carry your team and help you score some runs. Well, we're going to see what the dimensions of the field is going to bring. Is that a big deal? Not a big deal. Uh, no, I, listen, I think that you've uh, – look, I mean, it's it's opening day. There are obviously going to be concerns about it. Uh, but uh, And we're more talking uh, about them being in first place than last yeah, place, which is I a just, cool conversation. Depth is – It is. We don't know about depth. It's hard depth. to come by. They, you, just, really you, don't, you, you don't know about depth. Depth changes. Jackie Bradley Jr. wasn't with the team at the start of the year last. I mean, depth depth changes. Mm. You know? Um, but, yeah, I, the Ricky Tiedemann has certainly put himself on the on the radar. I, I would think that this organization has probably gone to school a little bit in the success it's had with Alec Manoa. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they got the pitching lab and everything there, so I'm sure they're able to come up with some comparables. But I, 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 will, be, I will be intrigued in seeing in seeing what Ricky Tiedemann's first, let's say, first three or four starts are, how how the quality of the stuff, frankly, what the results are. Because I think right now for Ricky Tiedemann, it's not, it, you also need to show some results to 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 get up here, right? I, I do, yeah. I think you're going to need to show some results I, to advance. I do think the Chris Bassett uh, signing is a big deal. I, I just think it takes a ton of pressure off the last two guys and your manager. Been there and done it before is a big deal, right? So, you know, I said the needy thing, it's, more joking at him than anything, but he's going to help their team a lot. Let's get one more caller in before we uh, break in and uh, join Shidervidi. Satish in Oakville. Happy opening day. Hi. Can you hear me? Absolutely. Got you good. Go ahead. All right. For me, spring is when Blair and Barker are back to us on radio. Oh, so, nice. Thank you. Very, thank thank you. you so much. I got two questions. So okay. my first one is, historically, when teams have started, 10 games, 15 games on the road. And if they go 2-8, and 1-9, each sets them back. Do you think the Jays have the fortitude to fight back from a 10-game opening road trip to get back in, if it goes pear-shaped in the first 10 games? My second question is, where is Nate Pearson? Are they starting him as a starting pitcher in AAA? Or like, is he relieving in Buffalo? I appreciate the call, yeah, Satish. No, he's relieving in Buffalo. Yeah, he ain't starting. He ain't starting. I mean, he he's that, that ship sailed. Yeah, he's he's almost as old as me. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah. the, the the clock is rubber, running. Rubber met the road for him. Yeah, uh, you know that that ten game road trip is that's in, that's intriguing. Uh, look, if they say they go, say the Cardinals beat them two out of three. Meh. Yeah, yeah. St. Louis. Let's yeah. let's go. St. Louis. I'm gonna give them. 
because Adam Wainwright isn't starting. I'll give them two or three in St. Louis. Okay, well, Kansas City, I'm a, they play them four times. You give them two three, and two. Three, no chance. Against Kansas City. Right, come on, this, this is the team. This is where the balanced schedule things come in. When you're playing that Early team. in the season. Get, this right, is just, when you get healthy with your going, four and fifth going. guys. So three out of just four. So you want five. Would you say two, five? You're go, you were five and. No. I, you're five out of seven. Yeah. And then the Angels for three. I'll say two or three against the Angels. So, so you're going seven and ten on the road. No, two. Yeah, seven and yeah, seven and eight, seven right. and three, seven and eight, seven and three on the road trip. To start the seven start the season. Yeah, I don't see why they can't do that. Look, even if they split all those and they were five and five, what's the big deal, right? It's but I think again, this gets back to where you start looking at the schedule because of that balanced schedule. No, I'm looking at them going, what, about six and four? You you look at some bad teams that you should beat. Again, I get back to that. If you want to win 97 games, if you're one of those guys that are thinking the Blue Jays are good enough to do that, when you're facing bad teams who are probably going to win somewhere around 60 games. Early in the year, and 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 you've got got Kikuchi and Barrios starting, or Barrios starting in that series against Kansas City. So I'm just saying. I, I, you know, I, I mean, if they can't, if, if they, they can't come back, pitch well against if they Kansas come back City, from that road trip six and four, yeah, it's good. It's fine. It's above five hundred. Yeah, that's. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'll tell you, if it's one and nine, you're gonna have to put the flame retardant stuff up in here. <laughs> especially, <laughs> they're especially, not gonna be that Especially way. if it's one and nine, and the only win is the game Barrio started. Whoa. Whoa. I didn't say that. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. We'll take your calls all show long. And when we come back, we will be joined by Shai Davidi, Sportsnet's MLB insider. He is in St. Louis with the Blue Jays' 410 first pitch. Today, Jays, St. Louis Cardinals. It is opening day 2023. This is Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Portend first pitch. Woo-hoo. Blue Jays and St. Louis Cardinals at his opening day. Huh. Normally, opening day, I had a few opening days in St. Louis. I'd go to Mike Shannon's restaurant. Really? Which is right near the ballpark. Have a big, I've never played the big new steak. Haven't studied. New, new one's cool. The old one, the old one had its charms. It was a round. It was like Veteran Stadium. It was round. It was a football stadium and a mm-hmm. baseball stadium. Um. I, I, I just it was it was it was god awful hot. St. Louis is the place that we're in the summer. Guys used to put cabbage in the bottom of their uh, uh, on, in their shoes. I think the last time I was cool. there, Willie, they bought Willie McGee a. I think he was retiring. Whatever it was, they bought him a car. Yeah, and they drove it on the field. That's the one thing I remember. Yeah. And we used to try to hit the coke bottle all the time batting practice in right center field. Yeah, it's uh, it is, it's an interesting. It's it's a great place. To have opening day. Let's bring it in Shai Davidi. He's our MLB insider, and he is in St. Louis. Shai, thanks so much for joining Barker and myself. Happy New Year. Uh, 
what? Happy New Year to you, oh. too, and also happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Nice. Yeah, that's, yeah, well, there you go. Thank you very much. It's, oh, how, uh, how cute. It's, it is. It is cute. It's, uh, it's very cute. It's <laughs> nice that it. It's nice that it's timed with opening day. Um, what's, it, what's it like in St. Louis today? And the reason I'm asking that is it used to be that the downtown area would be cordoned off for opening day. They'd, be having, they'd have a street party. They'd have, you know, there'd be cardinals bunting all over the place. It's a, it's, a big, it's a big day down there. I don't know if you've had a chance to get out and get about in the last couple of days and just get a feeling for it. But it's always been, to me, it's one of the... As a city, it's one of the places you want to be for opening day. So I've actually just been locked in my hotel room getting some work done. So I haven't been outside yet today, and I'm going to get out very shortly. But there is a lot of excitement. And even in the lobby of the hotel this morning, there's like they have all these like artsy things, and everything's got a Cardinals jersey on it right now. And there are lots of people decked out in Cardinals gear and all pumped up for it. And, yeah, there, you started seeing a lot of stuff going up around the stadium last night, uh, even as we were leaving the park after the workout. So there's definitely a lot of excitement, and I've been told by a lot of people uh, that opening day in St. Louis is a, is a pretty unique experience, and it's pretty special. And we, we know what a great baseball town it is and what, uh, how much history there is uh, in the game here. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, it's a really cool place. Okay, I want you to give me two things. I want you to give me one guy you're paying attention to other than the main guys in the rotation, or let's, let's expand that, in the pitching staff. And one guy other than the obvious guys in the lineup. All right, so I'm going to go with the lineup first. Okay. And to me, it's Brandon Belt. Uh, I'm really intrigued by what he does because if he's anything like 2020, 2021 Brandon Belt, and you've got an impact left handed bat that you can put, plug in behind Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you're just making it really hard for everybody else to walk him 130 times this year. And that makes it obviously a lot more difficult on opposing managers, late in games and leverage situations. You really set up a pick your poison type of spot in terms of who's the guy you go after with, uh, with the right reliever at the right time. And that's something that the Blue Jays have lacked in recent years. Uh, you know, from a pitching perspective, I mean, the obvious answers are Jose Barrios and Yusei Kikuchi, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to, go a different direction. I'm going to say Zach Pop because Ooh. if that, you know, if he's, if he's able to locate his sinker both in and out where, you know, he can backdoor it to righties, front, front hip it to, to lefties, get, work that slider in there, get that good shape that he's had, then all of a sudden he's going to be a real weapon out of that bullpen. And he has the, you know, he has stuff that, very few guys can match around the major leagues, not only on the Blue Jays. So I think he's somebody who, who bears watching because he made a bit of a jump in spring training. And if that translates, and then look out. That's, that's a real weapon in the bullpen. Shai, we've been talking a lot, and a lot of the callers today have, been, have, have, have asked about the same thing, right? Who might surprise? Who may, who may, who may deliver something that we didn't expect? I, I, haven't, I wasn't down in Florida, obviously. I've watched all the games. I've listened to what a lot of people are saying. Am I, am I right to be as all in on Whit Merrifield this year as I am? You know, it, it's really interesting because right at the beginning of spring training, he just seemed a little bit different to me from a perspective of now he knows 
this team. He knows his place in it. He was comfortable. Whereas last year, he really seemed to be sort of finding what he was supposed to be for this club. And this spring, he came in knowing what he's supposed to be and what his role is. And he's excited about the rules uh, and being able to uh, really take advantage of that on the base paths. We know that he can be an impact guy. And, you know, there were times where he was batting ninth last year and he was like, I'm not going to go risk making it out when we've got Springer, Bowen, mm-hmm. Vladdy coming up. Uh, but if he's hitting any eighth spot or maybe seventh, depending on how things line up for the Blue Jays this year and Kevin Kiermaier behind them, then all of a sudden there's a bit more opportunity for him to get creative and someone in the batter's box who's going to try to manufacture a little bit as opposed to swing for extra bases. So he does seem to me like someone who has a more defined picture of what the Blue Jays want of him, and he's certainly got the talent and the track record to be a, a very good performer. I was talking to Ben Wagner a couple of days ago, and he gave he he brought it to my attention that he had noticed that Alec Manoa's fastball was averaging a little below 92. Now, the last couple of years, when he's below 93, batting averages are around somewhere 280. Slogan's about 394. When he's above the 93 mark, it's 186, and 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 266 is the slugging. Any worry about? Velocity. I, I know we had Kevin Gosman on here, and I asked him, when do you start looking at the scoreboard when it comes to your velocity? He said about the third start of spring training is when you're really paying attention, should be coming out the way you want it to come out. Any worry about that velocity? Because, I, again, I am picking here because we know what this dude can bring. But, you know, again, it gets back to that. Is there If there's any bugaboos, and, and as, at least early in the season, there's a lot of pressure on this dude to go out there and not be good. Be great. Should we worry about the velocity at all? At this point, I don't. I don't think so. To me, I always think spring training is just sort of do what you're supposed to do. And then there's always that extra bit of adrenaline and extra bit of energy that comes with once the season starts and you're dialing it up to a degree. And you know, spring training games, you there's intensity, but it's not real game intensity. It's get my work in and come out of this healthy intensity. So. You know, if the, if we're still seeing that little bit of a drop in velo, one two starts into the regular season, at that point, to me, I think it's a little bit more interesting. But it's not like we're talking a big drop, right? We're sure. we're talking something that's just a little bit. That to me, it, it for the time being, at least, it, it feels like it's something that can be dialed up for uh, with with regular season game intensity as opposed to spring training game intensity. But, but it's definitely something worth watching. Yeah. Shy, we just have you for a couple of minutes. I do want to squeeze in one question. We talked about the pitch clock a lot and the rules changes. We focused on Kevin Gossman. We focused on Chris Bassett and his 330 different pitches. Did we spend enough time wondering about how Jordan Romano is going to handle it? Because Jordan Romano was easy to steal on last year. Mm-hmm. We know that he's... I, I believe he's slide trying stepping. to incorporate a slide step this yeah. year. Where is he, to your mind, in terms of having a comfort level with the new rules and with the pitch clock? You know, as soon as you started asking that question, Jordan Romano was the name that immediately jumped to mind mm. for me. And and the reason is that, you know, I think from a spring training perspective, everything was fine and he figured it out. But it's different when it's not consequence-free. Right, and, and I think for leverage relievers, what we saw in spring training doesn't really translate because as much as you're trying to replicate that intensity, you know, if a game gets away, whatever, 
it's spring training game. But everything counts now. Everything's for real. And this is when we're going to get a real indication of just how comfortable guys are because there's going to be a spot in, at some point in the next little while where a couple guys are on and it's an important pitch and you're going to want to gather the way that he had. And, and Jordan Romano is one of the, the more deliberate workers in the past as someone who's had some issues controlling the, the running game. You know, the, that's where the real stress of this is going to hit him. And, you know, at this point, I don't know that we can say for sure how he's going to react. You know, it looked good. He seemed to be finding rhythm. He was trying to find the right tone of sidestep where he wasn't giving up too much power. Uh, and, you know, and, and he seemed to have found a comfort spot with that. But it, it's different when it's for real. So, uh, to me, I think for all the relievers, all leverage relievers, not just Jordan Romano, and I'm, that's one of the things I'm going to be watching for in the first uh, couple weeks of the season because it, it is going to be different. And as much as uh, as much as guys acclimated during spring training, you know, when it counts, everything changes, and we're going to see the the stresses come out of dealing with the pitch clock at that point. Shai, we're going to let you run. Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, enjoy opening mm-hmm. day. Enjoy St. Louis and uh, safe travels, year. my friend. Have a good year. We'll be Thanks, chatting. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it, guys. You too. Talk Thank to you. you. Thanks a Take lot. Take care. That's Shai Davidi, Sportsnet's MLB insider. He'll be part of our crew in St. Louis, along with Hazel May, Dan Schulman, Buck Martinez. As, they got you uh, covered. They got you covered mm-hmm. as the Jays open the 2023 regular season against the St. Louis Cardinals. 4-10 is the first pitch on Sportsnet 590 to fan. All the Sportsnet channels as well. Brad Thompson is a Cardinals analyst. No Yadier Molina this year. Jordan Walker, he's a pretty big deal. And Wilson Contreras signed a five-year deal to replace Molina. We'll talk to Brad Thompson about the kind of new look St. Louis Cardinals. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 Defend, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Big opinions and in-depth conversations covering the Leafs, Jays, Raptors, and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Four oh seven. Oh, four ten. Well, you can join us at 4 o'clock anyhow. How about that? 410 is the first pitch on Sportsnet. 590 The Fan and uh, Sportsnet TV, Ben Wagner and uh, Ben Nicholson-Smith with the call on the radio. Ooh. And uh, the Jays starting the 2023 season in St. Louis against the St. Louis Cardinals. Miles Michaelis on the mound for the Cardinals. Alec Manoa for the Blue Jays. A reminder. A good matchup. That, yeah, it is. A reminder that the first installment of uh, Hazel May's feature on Alec Manoa will go during Blue Jay Central today, and uh, the other installments will go subsequent starts from Alec Manoa. So uh, you'll want to keep an eye open for that. Uh, it's uh, it's a terrific, it's a terrific bit of bit of work that she and Steve Payne did and put together. And uh, you're going to learn a lot about Alec Manoa by watching it. A lot of stuff that I mean, we like to think we know a lot about dudes. There's a lot of stuff I didn't know about him. Like you just it, you it. It's a different, it's kind of a different look at Alec Manoa. 
And as I said, I'm not going to give anything away, give anything away, but you can tell a lot about somebody as parents. You can mm-hmm. tell a lot about somebody by how they are with kids. That's a good point. Yeah. And that part, watching watching him deal with kids was just was just pretty cool. Uh, anyhow, that that will run today on Blue Jay Central. Boy, the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, it's going to seem odd, right? In the last, just think the last couple of years, the personalities that have that have left the Cardinals, right? Uh, Yadi Molina left this year. You know, you had the whole Albert Pujols thing. I mean, you had you had two Hall of Fame players, two surefire first ballot Hall of Fame players. Yep. leave an organization over the co- course of a couple of years. Now I know that um, Albert Pujols was with the Angels and then came back to St. Louis, but man, oh man, that's a lot of that's a lot of moxie. That's a that's a lot of cojones, basically. Removed out of the clubhouse. Let's bring in Brad Thompson. He's a Cardinals TV analyst, former major league pitcher. Brad, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, happy opening day. I was just talking about it's going to seem odd not seeing Yadi and Molina. I mean, it took me it took me like three years to get used to, to not seeing Albert Pujols in a Cardinals jersey to begin with. I don't know if I ever really did. Um, as someone who's been around the team, this might sound like a silly question, but how noticeable was is it to not have Yachty in the lineup today? Yeah, Jeff, Kevin, first of all, thank you guys for having me and happy opening day. I spent the first two weeks of spring training in Jupiter, Florida, just waiting for Yachty to show up. I figured it was just going to happen. <laughs> visa point, issues, right? visa I mean, issues, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly, right? Something's going to pop up. He's a vet. He'll be ready within a couple of weeks and be good to go. That is weird. I mean, it's the first time, uh, as you guys know, since 2004, that somebody not named Yadier Molina is going to be starting behind the plate for the Cardinals. Um, And it is a transition period. I'll say this, though. It's one that Wilson Contreras has made really well. He made that tough decision of not going to play for Venezuela in the World Baseball Classic. And you know how much that means to him, and it means to all these guys that get the opportunity to play. But he forego that opportunity so he could learn his staff even more and spend time with them and get to learn kind of how everybody ticks. And I think that it is paid dividends. Is it going to look different than Yachty? Of course it is. Yachty Molina is one of the best defensive catchers that we've ever seen. Wilson Contreras also brings a way better bat than Yachty Molina did, so he'll add that to the lineup. And defensively, he's continuing to work. And he actually said this year in spring training that he wants to win a gold glove. Like, that's one of the things that he wants to do. Uh, and when you have that work ethic that he has – He's got the leadership ability, again, different than Yachty, but really does command a room. I, I think it's going to work out well. But then, I mean, to answer the question, it's weird. It's weird not having Yachty around. Um, he just was able to – he knew what each, each pitcher was thinking before they knew what they were thinking. But I think that Contreras is going to get to that point as well. Brad, who's the most important Cardinal to win the Central? Oh, boy. Oh, I got a long list here. Um, you know what? I, I think that uh, let's leave the MVP and the MVP, uh, you know, third runner sure. up here in Nolan Arnato out of it. We'll leave those guys. We all know yep. that those guys are, are really important. One of the biggest guys in my eyes, and this might not honestly, guys, be to win the division, but I think it's to make that push into a deep postseason because uh, the Cardinals, as many know, 
Uh, they make it to the postseason a lot. They've made it to the postseason a lot here recently. They're 1-9 in nine in their last 10 postseason games, not exactly where they want to be. I'm going to go with Jack Flaherty, guys. Jack mm-hmm. Flaherty, has, uh, he's been injured the last couple of years, came back. He made uh, nine starts last year. They were sporadic. Uh, spring training, he's shown ticks of the velocity, but he also showed uh, some inconsistency in some of his command. But one thing that the Cardinals don't have a ton of in their rotation is swing and miss. Something when I look over to the Blue Jays, I get very jealous when I'm looking at Manoa and Gosman, and I know that you'll have a bounce back for Barrios. Uh, so that's something they don't have. That's something Jack does have. He's got a wipeout slider. He can paint his fastball when he's right. He showed in 2019, I know it was a long time ago. Boy, the world's changed since 2019. But in the second half, he was one of the best starters in the game of baseball. So I think that he is a real key point to what the Cardinals are trying to do this year. Now, uh, fans who watch the game today will notice that Jordan Walker and Nathan Lucas will both be wearing patches on their jerseys with for for their major league uh, their major league debut. Something that MLB has started this year. I don't want to compare Jordan Walker to Albert Pujols, but Albert Pujols came into camp, won a job, and ended up going on to the Hall of Fame. And again, I'm not comparing Jordan Walker to that, but were you surprised at how he was able to come in? And win a job. And, and is there is there a guy, because we haven't seen a lot of them, is there a guy in terms of physical stature, skill set, style that he reminds you of? Guys, I'm not even sure if, like, Albert is a comp from a skill set standpoint. And, like, I, I think you laid it out there perfectly to, like, to, to put him next to a Hall of Famer might be a bit much. But the kid has got just a – he's a tremendous athlete. Like, when you look at his size, the way that he moves – the power that he has to all fields. And again, let's just set the bar high. What the heck? Uh, Aaron judge, like is a guy that I I look at strength wise, power wise, uh, phenomenal arm. He's a third baseman by trade. Cardinals kind of have that uh, figured out with Nolan Arenado. He's moved to the outfield. He's already been clocked out in the outfield. uh, 99 plus coming in uh, with some of his throws. He is, uh, he's got a freak skill set, 20 years old. And he carries himself, guys, like he's been in the big leagues for a long time. And I don't mean that like he does it with arrogance. He's just confident. And one of the biggest things when Ali Marmel, the manager of the Cardinals, decided to, you know, they made the decision that he's going to be a part of it. One of the biggest deciding factors was how he was able to, Jordan, from day to day, he was able to let the results go, whatever they were, great results, bad results. Like, he turns the page quick, and you guys know this, and look, Kevin, you played the game at, at the highest level for a long time. It's hard to do that, even as a veteran sometimes. We get, to, we get very uh, – we say we want to be process-oriented, but we end up being result-driven because it, that's the nature of it. But he's doing a really good job of being process-oriented. He knew that he had a chance to come into spring training and make the team, and everything had to be great. Like, he had to tear it up. And that's exactly what the young man did. I mean, look to the middle of March, he was leading all of spring training in hits and RBI and OPS. I mean, he was doing everything. Uh, so it's exciting for Cardinal fans. And it's hard to not set that bar high. This is the highly, uh, high, most highly touted hitting prospects the Cardinals have probably had since, I would say maybe Oscar Tavares. But the, the skill set is a little bit different here with, uh, with Jordan Walker. Just super excited to see him. You know, if he's going to make the team at 20 years old, he's going to be in the lineup pretty much day in and day out. Expect to see him in right field today uh, against you guys. And it's uh, it's an exciting time. And across baseball, it's an exciting time for young talent 
I think that teams have realized, hey, let's just get them there. And I don't know if it's the incentive of the new CBA where you get a draft pick. If one of these guys ends up being in the top three, if that's what pushes it, you know, some guys onto the roster, but certainly not the case for Jordan Walker because he earned this gig. Brad, give me a scouting report on Miles Michaelis. So Miles Michaelis is going to pump strikes. He gets ahead. He works very fast uses his off-speed early to get ahead and then finishes guys with fastballs. And honestly, as I was digging into this game today, I'll be alongside uh, Chip Carey uh, today oh. for this ball game. He and Manoa oh, – well, I'm going to get into that oh in a second. Uh, <laughs> he and Manoa, uh, they, they attack pretty similar. They both like to finish off hitters with their fastballs. They're both aggressive. They both work fast. I think that there's more strikeout, certainly more strikeout ability, ability with Alec Manoa but guys, we got a chance to have a, a barely over two-hour ball game today on opening day. The way that these guys attack, tons of ground balls. He utilizes his defense. One of the biggest things that's going to be interesting to see with Miles Michaelis, and this is really most of the Cardinal pitching staff, is what does it look like without the shift? Because Miles Michaelis had the lowest batting average on ground balls against him with the shift in baseball last year. People hit 094 against him with the shift. Cardinals defense was very good. They were positioned very well. So now with the shift limited, what does that look like when he gives up a bunch of contact, albeit weak contact? Does he use the changeup a lot? Because now we got a bunch of nice little toys that are left-handed that we haven't had before. Is, does he use the changeup against lefties? He doesn't. He doesn't use it a ton. He pulled it out more in spring training. And I think that this is going to be another aspect with the Cardinals pitching staff, not just Miles Michaelis, but another aspect to the staff. Uh, they switched gears at pitching coach Mike Maddox, who uh, he stepped away and then ended up stepping right back into it with the Rangers. Uh, but Dusty Blake has taken over. Dusty Blake was their pitching strategist last year. He was a pitching coach at Duke for a few years. Very analytically driven, but also was a pitcher like knows you know knows that side of it too. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how he utilizes the arsenal for some of these guys to get more swing and miss. So it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him pull out that change up a bit more. Well, the way that he generally attacks the left-handers, you're going to see him get ahead with the big breaking ball. He'll use the curveball as opposed to the slider and then works his fastball in on those guys. But you know this, once you work that fastball in, you really open up down and away with that change up. So we could see it more from him, but I like the new toys that you guys. Yeah, that's too. 416-870-0590, star 591 We're soliciting your calls, comments, expectations for the 2023 Blue Jays. Last question from us, Brad, before he let you run. Tyler O'Neill, uh, what are your expectations for him this year? Uh, and it, how much of a competition was that in, in, in spring training? It was legit. It was a legit competition. It was one that got a little bit more difficult with the fact that guys were off like Tyler O'Neill at the world baseball classic, but he showed out on that stage. Lars Newbar has become a, a sensation nationwide. He mm -hmm. played for Japan. Uh, but, and again, that's one of the reasons that Jordan Walker even had more of an opportunity to make the team because those at bats were there, but it was a legit one. He, even though that he comes in, he's making money. He was in a second year of arbitration. Ollie Marmol and the staff really preach, hey, you have to earn these jobs. There is nothing that is given to anybody right now. And he did that. They like some of the adjustments that he's made. The biggest key with Tyler O'Neill, as you guys know, is can he stay healthy? Like it, He was injury-riddled last year. 
I think that early on in the season too, he was going through through some contract stuff. I believe he was, you know, they were trying to work through a multi-year deal that never happened. Arbitration with the lockout went into the season. The wheels were turning too much from him uh, early, and then he got hurt. It was just a, a forgotten year for O'Neill, but we saw it two years ago. This guy hit for average, he hit for power, he could steal tons of bases, and he's won two gold gloves. So the expectations are that he gets back to that level. Confidence is king. If he continues to have that confidence and he shows a good approach, which he did in spring training, he crushes breaking balls for strikes, his hands are fast enough to get to any fastball, he's just got to stay healthy. The expectation is he manned center field for the Cardinals all season long. They've shifted him over to center to open up a, a corner. They would love him to stick there in center field all year. Brad, really good of you to join us today. I know yeah. how hectic opening day can be. Uh, thanks so much. Have a great call. Great Have a great season, and we'll be chatting again. Have fun. Absolutely. Uh, always love joining you guys. Jeff, Kevin, you guys. Have a great one. Happy yeah, opening day. Thanks yes, a lot. You too. That is Brad Thompson, Cardinals analyst. He and Chip Carey will have the call on the That's Cardinals cool. radio. Chip Carey. That's cool. Oh, it is. Yeah. It is. Card- Cardinals. I mean, Cardinals broadcast. The Cardinals. have always been. I've always been tremendous. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it, it, it's it's going to be neat having an opening. It's, it's a good word. There, there's some like cities. There's some cities that are baseball cities, and I'm not saying that Toronto isn't a baseball city, but there are just some cities where, and part of it is because of the down the downtown St. Louis. Quite frankly, it's not huge. It's 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 it, it's a couple of blocks, but like I said, they just they go all out. That whole city will be red. Like that whole city will be red, and it is it, there. St. Louis, probably the two places. Pittsburgh can be kind of cool on opening day, but but uh, St. Louis and Cincinnati are probably the two coolest places to be for opening very, day. Very cool. Anywhere, if you're a player. I was going to say, on the yeah. Field. Good. Even R- Milwaukee. Remember, he gave us ammo, Brad did, for the postgame show. Look for the lefties, Miles Michaelis, attacking fastball into the lefty changeup down and away. See if he tells the change up more. They're talking about swing and misses. He only had a little over six swing, uh, Ks per nine last mm-hmm. year. The shift. He's talking about the shift against lefties. What do you do? Can you punch people out? The fastball change up command, especially early in the season, Jeff, is that you're trying to get it geared up a little bit. It's not real warm there. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think it's in the 50s. Yeah. I mean, it's not real warm. So you might be cheating to the heater, depending on how, you know, the late gear he has to, to his heater if you're a left-handed hitter for the Jays. Can't believe I'm even saying that, left-handed hitter. But – That'll be an interesting thing for us to talk about after the game. Did he use it, and did they adjust to it? And a reminder that Kevin and myself will be doing uh, Blue Jays talk again this year for a number of games. Um, uh, I think I will. We'll, they'll show Ali will be doing it. Julia Kreutz. I think Ben Shulman might be doing a couple. There'll be there'll be a lot of people, but we'll have we'll have uh, you'll have ample opportunity to talk about the Blue Jays this year, both in this show and in the post-game show. Speaking of which, I wondered when this guy was going to call mm-hmm. Billy and Markham, what's up, Billy? Happy opening Billy. day. Happy New Year. Yeah, things are great, guys. It's uh, it's finally here. Uh, you know, watch the spring training. I thought the uh, World Baseball Classic was just absolutely fabulous. Mm-hmm. Didn't hear anything about uh, uh, pitch clock there. Didn't hear... I didn't see any of the Latin American teams going home after, I don't know, two hours mm-hmm. crying about the length of the game. Uh, get, get, you know, baseball's baseball. Don't F with this game. It's the greatest game by far. Stop messing with it. Let it play out like it is. Guys, 
here's how I see it this year. All right. And, and, and Kevin, I'm, I'm sorry, man, but we got a major disagreement on who's winning the World Series. I have your team not making the playoffs this year. There's a new world order in baseball, and I think the Jays and the Orioles are going to be ding-donging it on the front end all year long. The Orioles are the best young team in baseball, and we've seen this happen before. We've seen it happen with Houston, and we've seen it happen with the Cubs. It takes a while, but when they figure it out, and I think the Orioles have, there's your next rivalry uh, in Toronto. We're going to be battling it out with them. My surprise team only because they play in a weak division. And I know you had the St. Louis guy on last, but I think it's the Milwaukee Brewers. I think they can win the whole thing. I'm going to have some money on them. I love their pitching. I love their minor league prospects coming up. So keep an eye out for them. I am not worried about the Houston Astros. They don't scare me one bit. If this this Blue Jay team does what it's supposed to do, and you're going to see an you're going to see something new. You guys talked about it. You're going to see a different kind of team. If you're looking for cheerleading and blue jackets and sunflower seeds and a guy with the best hair in baseball, you're not going to see it from this team. You're going to see the game played the Bovichette's right way. hair is pretty good. Bovichette would be in your top ten with hair in baseball. Come on now. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm not, I'm, you, you, you know who I'm talking I about. I know who you're talking about. Every single, I mean, that's all your cameraman show was this guy with his hat off. That is but, very But anyway, true. I'm glad he's gone. I'm glad, I'm glad yet the, the right fielder's gone like I told you what would happen. This is a different team, and there is no reason why this team can't go out and do what the Yankees did last year. And by the way, the Yankees were a fluke last year, winning every game one nothing. If you think the Yankees are going to win with that lineup, good luck with that. They better pitch... They better pitch. They've got one guy and one guy only. The rest of them are all what was, and the other guy, the other home run hitter there, he'll be hurt in two months, and that pitching staff is going to go down like it always does. This is our year, guys. I worry about the Orioles more than anybody, and thank God baseball's back. Later, guys. Nice. Thanks. Thank you, Billy. Billy Billy always brings it. Oh, that was good stuff. Billy Billy calling the postgame shows. Billy calling postgame shows are great. I give Billy Billy. about two weeks before he'll want to fire Schneider. Those are facts. That is a fact. No, Leave not it really. To Billy to be not the first. really. No, the hey. first guy to bring up the Jets. Listen, I mean the Orioles. I, I told you, I I think the Red Sox are gonna. I think the Red Sox are gonna finish last in this division. I I don't think the Orioles are going away. I don't have them going to the postseason. But hell, I don't know. Uh, uh, look at like those Billy, young guys. Like Billy was putting the the Orioles in front of the Yankees. I mean, that's a bit that's a bit strong. I'm I'm with you with the Orioles headed in the right direction. Yeah. They're going to be a pain in you know what. Yeah. Well, we all understand that just because of their minor league system, they have talent. They got, that, you know, that's they, what it needs. You need to stink for a long time to have talent, and they have talent. Yeah. Give them that. But to be better than the Yankees this year. I, Look, this is what it's the beauty of baseball. It's the beauty of opening day. Everybody's got their opinions. Yeah. Now you get to see it unfold. Everybody's in first place I, except oh, for the it. except for the Pirates That's and the Reds. That's why we love Billy. That's why we love Billy. We love taking his phone calls. Pretty cool. Jacob in New York, take us up to the break. What's up, my friend? Hey, Jacob. How are you guys? Good, We're doing thanks. well. Happy New Year. Happy opening day, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Happy opening day. Nice before we be take your question, before we take yes. your question, who's going to be playing? Later into the season, Mets or Yankees? Because you're in New York. Whoa. I mean, I'm a Blue Jays fan. I'm from Toronto. Okay. I just happen to be living in New York. Okay. But I'm going to say the Yankees. I think the, uh, the, 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 the Mets 
you know, they got all those good players, but their division is pretty decent with Atlanta. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I just don't think they can, uh, even with all their signings, I don't think they can go that far. There you go. I love it. Anything that any, any possibility that Buckshaw Walters life is going to be miserable. <laughs> got to jump That's on awesome. it. What do you got to say about the Jays? Um, so I know that spring training numbers don't matter for anything and whatever, but with the spring that Matt Chapman has had, mm. if he continues to underperform throughout the regular season and the Blue Jays are in it, you know, later towards the trade deadline, do they dump him for better, better bullpen, more relievers? Um, um, thanks for the call. You know, I mean, the first thing you'd have to ask yourself, would you be okay with Santiago Espinal playing third every day? Cause that would probably be what would happen. I don't see him falling off a cliff when it comes offensively. Look, What's a good year for Matt he's Chapman also, offensively? That's the question you got to ask yourself. Right. He's also, we also have to, because this is, the, I think, the most, he's, he's also a free agent at the end of the year. So I don't think you'd get, I mean, who's going to be acquiring Matt Chapman? If you're, if you're, you look at your contenders, most of them have got third base. Sure. Uh, if you're going to yeah, get him, you I, I'd, get him I'd, for both sides of the ball, right? And the only reason you'd be giving him up because he's yeah. not doing very well and offensively. You're not, if you're a rebuilding yeah. team, Why you're would you want probably it? not going to acquire a guy who's sure. going to be a free agent, let alone a Scott Boris client. I mean, it, look, Jacob, it, it's, I mean, we, we talked about, yeah, Matt Chapman concerned me in spring training because he's obviously trying something. Mm-hmm. In some ways, he's kind of the hitting version of Jose Barrios for me in that you look at him and you go, how the hell can't you figure it out? I mean, you're bright. You're a terrific athlete. And I just kind of... Yeah, I mean, a lot of this it's, comes... It's a lot perplexing. Of this comes, well, no, a lot of it comes down to talent. I mean, not you, you said it before. Not everybody's a perfect player. He's not. He's a great defender, right? He does everything defensively that I think the Blue Jays want him to do. Offensively, he's trying to do things to get paid more money. Yeah. I just wonder. I, I question. I understand who he hung out in the offseason with. That dude playing shortstop. And Tulo. I, I, I get it. The toe tap, I question. His issue for me is whenever you have an issue of your hands, when you make the positive move, the positive move is going towards the baseball. So I get it, whatever I get going back and I go towards the baseball. When he has the issue is when his hands follow that, his barrels playing catch up. That's why you see a lot of teams throw him up because he has a sort of a you looking thing in his swing. And that's why he misses the baseball a lot. He's trying to get away from that by just getting a little bit better rhythm to his lower half, but it's in a hurry. And now when you're in a hurry doing anything, what do you do? You play catch up. Like you're, it's like almost like two wrongs are trying to make a right. I just don't, I, it's, it's a big, it's a hard move. Like yeah. it's just, it's not I, like, how do you time it up? And especially now with the pitch clock, we talk about, we talk about uh, Romano, this dude, like if I'm a, if I'm a pitcher and I want to screw around with him and I, like runners on base, which is going to come up with some mm-hmm. traffic runners on base. And I want to quick pitch him or I want to make him stand there for a while because he's very statuesque, right? He's very yeah. – he'll get up there, he'll set his feet, and it's just like – and I'm just going to stand there and I'm going to wait for you and then I'm going to move my lower half. It's – you get why, but you wonder who and and what the conversation was like to – why the toe tap? So that's, that's a tough move. It's a quick move. When you're quick – when you're not a great hitter, he's not a great hitter. He, When he makes contact, he hits the baseball hard. 
That's what he's trying to do more of. He's not a great hitter. He ain't going to hit 300. He ain't going to drive in 100 runs. He's probably not going to hit 40 homers. But he's trying to hit the baseball harder. That, for me, is just a weird way to do it. And I wonder. He's the one guy, and I'm with you. He's the one guy that if he gets off to a slow start, what happens? I know he's got the little blanket of the two-strike thing that he did last year. Is is I'll ask you this. Is 250 going to get him another $50 million? Oh, he'll he'll if he hits two feet, he'll get a ton of money next year. Regard, there's just not a lot of options out there. My question again, my question again is, if you look at like there are a lot of good infielders in the game right now, and the thing that's going to work in his favor, there's not a lot of available uh, left-sided infielders via the free agent route this year. But I don't want to state the obvious, but the, a good team's going to bring him in. The good team. And a good team sees, his, sees him hitting seventh for the yeah. Blue Jays. Why you pay a seven-hole hitter $200 million? There are teams. One uh, thing we I, know. I, mean, so, I, one, uh, I know who his agent is, and we all do, yeah. Boris. But, I, look, I, I mean, any, if anybody can get him the money, it'll be him. And I'm sure you're right. He'll probably, he'll probably get it. Yeah. But holy. Jay in North awesome. York. Hey, Jay. Oh, hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call. No Absolutely. problem. Um, Happy opening day. Yeah. Yeah, it's a holiday. So, um I'm going to go be. against the grain a bit. Bear with me. I got two 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 negatives sure. and a positive. There you so, go. Uh, I love Gosman. Don't get me wrong, but last year he gave up more hits than anyone in the American League except for Barrios and I think Lyles in Baltimore. So with the elimination of the shift, a little bit more hits are going to be, if he gives up more hits, that's going to translate to runs. He didn't pitch a, a lot of the time out of trouble last season, but there was always or very, very often men on base, but they didn't really – matter because there was maybe two outs or it was at a time of the game or the lineup where it wasn't a pressure situation but again eliminate the ship he gave up a ton of hits ZRA may go a bit up I don't think he's going to be bad but I don't know if he's going to be as great prediction number two Gordon Romano may not be your closer after the all-star break uh, looking at the sliders and the fastballs people may have figured him out and prediction number three, my, my positive, uh, I think Bo Bichette is going to be phenomenal defensively, offensively. I think he's going to be a uh, contender for the MVP for years to come. And I don't exactly understand why he gets so much bad, uh, not bad press, but from the people, the frustration, because I love the guy. I think he's phenomenal. And uh, I would hate to see him go in the next two to three years. Yeah, listen, I, I I appreciate the call. Thanks for that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there there are a lot of people who have have done a deep dive into Kevin Gossman's numbers, and there are a lot of people who think that the elimination of the shift is something that might actually help him. He's a, a lot of people are big on, on you know, we had Jeff Passan talk about him, his Cy Young award pick. I got him as my Cy Young award pick. Other people have him as their Cy Young award pick as well. I mean, his... This is odd because I don't generally believe in bad luck. But if you look at his quality of contact, if you use baseball savant, um, you know, he did have his share of bad luck. You know, you're right. Opponents hit, what, 364 in balls in play against him. Uh, yeah, but his fielding, I mean, his fielding independent pitching was more than a full run lower than his ERA. I mean, I, I just, all, I'm all in on the guy. I, I really am all in on the guy. And, and he's a guy that I also, I'm not looking at his spring training numbers, but I'm looking at how he was in spring. And he, he's a guy who looks like, instead of worrying about the pitch clock and the Bach and yada, yada, he seems to me to be a guy who's figured out that he can make it 
he can make it work. Yeah, well, whenever you hear him, because he was on our show and he was talking about this, whenever you're hearing him wanting to sprinkle in sliders, you want to, mm-hmm. he's changing his eye level when he throws his split finger because he wants to throw up for strikes early in counts. He wants to get yeah. the hitter thinking more about things other than, you know, see it down, let it go, see it up, swing at it. Like he's wanting to mm-hmm. let a hitter think about a little bit more. We'll tell you he's not worried about the pitch clock or, yeah. you know, the bulk move or all that stuff. Just stop, right? I think they've, they've gotten all those things out of the way. Look, I, you could pick at everybody. But if you're a Blue Jays fan and you look at one of the guys who I've said this, you know, you're pushing for that rotation right at about 900 innings. The way their bullpen is, the depth of the quality of the rotation, they don't have any. Like, you need the guys that are in there, the top Mm -hmm. five guys, to give you close pushing. Maybe not 900, but pushing it. He's one of the guys you need to give 200 to. So I, I think the key for me will be the fence is closer. That will be the one thing, right, is is if the split finger, you know, it's an out front pitch, you get a little fooled, you create some loft with that. You know, you get a cheap ball off the right center field wall. If you're a right-handed hitter off a bad split finger, that put him in a bad way, get him to want to pitch away from that, throw different ways for certain counts, get him thinking more about that. I think that's an intriguing part of it too, but I'm with you. I think he's throwing harder now. Mm-hmm. I think he he's using his fastball with conviction a little bit more now. And when you do that and you're one of the best guys, look, they need him to be great, not good. Yeah, Jordan Romano, I think Shy and I talked about this. I, I've got cons- I've got more concerns about Jordan Romano in the pitch clock than I do anybody. Yeah, uh, I think uh, perfect uh, scenario. This is just me. I think perfect scenario, the way when the sort of the flow of the game, when you the eighth inning, that's why I say they need a no-brainer eighth inning guy, is normally when the top of the order, the main guys are coming up in the eighth inning. He's more, for me, perfect world to win a World Series. He's a seventh inning guy. I mean, nothing wrong with that. Like, he had a really good, if not great, year last year. But perfect scenario where John's not sitting over there and everybody's not yelling and screaming that you have to be perfect Mm -hmm. of when you're taking somebody out, when you're flipping somebody around because they flip it first down that bullpen. It's impossible to do it all the time in the right way, especially when, Jeff, you know this, facing elite teams in the playoffs. Uh, As for the Bo Bichette thing, I think it's really really simple. First of all, Bo Bichette, there's such a gap between him as an offensive player and him as a defensive player. Well said. Th- this stands out. I mean, you have to be, you have to be a moron not to notice that. But I also think that Bo Bichette, Bo Bichette doesn't get the credit he deserves in this city. And I think a little bit of it has to do with hockey. I'll tell you what I mean. People look at Bo Bichette. They see the hair. You know, they see the swagger. And, and Toronto kind of likes its athletes to look and act blue collar. Like, don't get too, don't get too big. It's a, Toronto's a weird sports city for a city that's got you know a huge business community in that, and they do like their blue collar dudes. The problem is, and Caleb Joseph is the one who Caleb Joseph talked about us last year. I don't think I think most baseball fans in this city know how hard he works. I mean, you know the whole story. First guy in the clubhouse, he's on the field all the time. I mean, I think, frankly, I think the dude works too hard. Every now and then, you just like to grab him and say, just go and have some fun. Have some fun. Mm -hmm. And I think most Jays fans know that. You know, they hear Buck and Dan talk about that and Ben talk about that a lot. The guy, trust us, we're down there in the field. The guy works every second of every day. Mm -hmm. It's painful. It is painful watching him work. But I, and I, I think 
there are some fans out there, the more casual fans, who look at him and they see what they want to see instead of what's actually gone into Bo being Bo. And I don't think, I don't think that changes until they win, until they win, uh, until they win a World Series. I just don't. I equate him a little bit with William Nylander in the least. Always going to be a lightning rod. The other good guys in the team, Vladdy's never going to be a lightning rod. Everybody loves Vladdy. And Vladdy, I, I give Vladdy credit. He's become a better defensive player. But that, to me, is the, is, is the essence of Bo Bichette, is people don't... People look at him, and they see something that isn't the correct... In other words, they see something that belies the work that goes into him being what he is. I, that's, I, I just, and I think that's, that's going to be Bo. But I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, he's just look at his numbers. Look at his offensive numbers. He's a great player. He's not a very good offense. He's a great offensive player. Yeah. He's a great offensive player. He's a great offensive player. And the, this is the other thing. Sky's in the limit. The, the sky, he, he's not reached his limit yet. I mean, you could, Talk to anybody around the Charlie well, Montoya, well, Charlie Montoya, uh, other people. They can see Bo winning a batting well, title. You have conversations with him in spring training and around him when I was down there saying that he wants to not expand as much. Yeah. He wants to still be aggressive, yep. especially early in counts. And that's back, what that's, John that, Schneider well, talked the, about, how he's just, he, yeah, he's, he's, he's want, shrunk the strike zone. You don't want him not to be Bo. Yeah. But occasionally it's okay to take a ball that's three feet off the plate. Oh, oh, it's okay. It's and, uh, one uh, good count. And we also have to say this. I mean, you know, Bo dropped the hammer in September. Well, yeah, Bo was there. He, Bo dropped September the hammer got in September. Him Thirty-three and a half million. Well, let's not. Lie. But hey, it did. You know what? That's how the Yankees and real good teams used to do things. What do they always used to say? I don't care earn what it. you do in May or June. Earn it in September. Earn it down the stretch. Bo Bichette was their best player down the stretch. Well, it'd be interesting to see because it's the bullpen for me and defense at shortstop to see if they can win a World Series with those two things. 416-870-0590, star five ninety. We'll take a break. Come back. Wrap up your phone calls, and we'll go to the back leg line as well. Nice. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fans, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, fellas, and happy first day of 152 great games that come our way. I just want to say I'm going to be spending today with you just like I do every other day you broadcast. Uh, today is not only opening day, it's my man Jeff's day. So a big happy birthday, Jeff Blair from the east side of Queen Street in the Hammer. Have a great day, guys. Oh, that's awfully that nice. Was, that was very nice. Yeah, Hamilton people are the best. Wow. Hamilton people are the best. They are. Well, I only know one. And <laughs> you know Brunt. It's okay, but it's rare that <laughs> I see okay. him. I, I see you all the time. Just saying. That was very nice. That was very nice. Wow. Thank you. Thank you very much. Lance, you're bringing, you, you guys, Lance, Jen, Mark, you're bringing a tear to my eye. Wow. Huh. You buy me lunch? 
No, your hey, your wife told your wife said you should take me out for lunch. You know yeah, that. I've been married long enough to know how to. Yeah, I know you ignore. won't do that. You didn't even bring cigars from Florida. You didn't bring the Ron John sticker for uh, Mark Boffo. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety four one six four one three three nine five nine. That boy, it's the back leg line. Miles Michaelis. Nice. <laughs> nice. Alec Manoa, 410, first pitch today from St. Louis. Let's go to Giacomo in Windsor. Giacomo, what's up, man? I always love the show. I wanted to ask about the defense. How much of a difference will it make if we get the elite defense that the Jays are hoping to get Ooh. from Varsho and Kiermaier? And what do they have to do offensively to make the Jays? I'm going to steal Kevin's line. I love the line to get um, the Jays where they want to go this year. What, what do those guys got to do offensively um, to get the Jays where they want to go? Giacomo, thanks a great, lot, It's man. a great question. Thank look, you. look, I think Kevin Kiermaier is there for defense, what he gives you offensively. That's found money. I, I, absolutely. I, and I, I don't, and we're not insulting. Uh, he, no, we, he could, but he he's there to two, catch the ball. Okay you know what he's there to do? He's there to make sure that that play Keep against against Seattle. That's what he's there for. He's, he's there to make Keep sure George that that, that that play in that last game Keep against George Seattle Springer doesn't happen again. Keep George Springer on well, the Well, it's the same thing. You got to make it to that first, right? It's the, but, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a long season. He plays 125 games in center fielder. You just you're worth throwing a party. Well, okay, because it's rare. But I look Varsho. Var. If you have Varsho and. Kiermaier out there in that game against Seattle. That inning doesn't go parachute. Well, that ball's caught. Ke- yeah, Kiermaier's running Anyhow. through that. Yeah. He's not diving for that ball. No, he's running through. Okay, and they're not rolling carts out there. So, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anyhow, sorry. O- offensively, his swings, it's, it's flatter. Like, he's not trying to get the ball in the air anymore. I'm not saying that's going to help him hit 300, but that might that might add 10 he's or 12 also, points. You he's know, also 10 healthy, or 12 too. points does. You know what that does? Yeah. That gets on base for the big Absolutely. boy hitting leadoff. That's the thing is. Run it's, scored I'm, is going to be an interesting stat for it, me with Carolina. First to home, you know, second to home, those kind of things. And defensively, that that's where you're at. And on base percentage. You give those, just get on base in front of the big boys up front. And I think you got to talk yourself into doing that. He's talked himself into mm-hmm. that. He's not no longer going up trying to hit homers. He's like that Tampa Bay. Well, it ain't working. Like, mm-hmm. I, I like it, and I tried it, and they let me do it, and they gave me 50 yards to try it, do it. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. It's just not me. And that's his words. So. Yep. He thinks more of that on-base percentage kind of thing. And and the Varsho thing, I got to be honest with you. Offensively, I have no idea what you're getting from him. Do you? Defensively, I mean, he, he's an athlete. He's going to catch the balls he should catch in left field. Yeah, I'm... I'm okay? I, Offensively, I, I have no idea. I, I just want him Runners to... Runners in scoring position for me is going to be a stat. I want him to be a him. contributor. He's going to be better than the guy that was out there I'm last I'm okay year. with him going one for four with a two-out RBI with a runner on second base. I'm okay with that. He's going to be better than Lourdes offensively, do you think? He'll hit more homers. He'll hit more homers. That's what I want. I mean, I could hit five. I want homers. Did you hit five right now? Homers? I could hit six. No. I want right hom- now. I want homers in defense. Uh, the other stuff, whatever. I want homers in defense. Homers in defense, homers in defense, homers in defense. Interesting to see how he handles the over 20 he got the, and how they handle it. They're trying to win. You're, we, losing, you're losing and he's over 20. What do you do, Jeff? But maybe... Maybe he's hitting eighth instead of seventh for him. He's in the lineup every day. Like it's just he's in the lineup every day. Because you're gonna catch the ball. I've got nobody. My maximum defensive alignment in outfield is him and left, Kiermeyer in center, Springer in right. Well, that's obvious. I don't but I don't care what two of those three dudes are hitting. I don't care if 
both uh, he and remember, Kier remember, Miro for everybody 20. remember he said that because that's not that's true. Right? It's a, it's a you're on a contending team. I'm supposed to do both on both sides no, of the ball. I want them. I want both sides. I want them catching the ball. That's I want them catching uh, the ball. He's, I want he's, them a, he's a conversation that intrigues us. How about that? Well, because he's yeah he because he's a you young, have no he's, idea he's what you're going to get offensively dude. from him. You have and, no and idea. He, he was a youngish dude, and you traded you know you traded a guy he's that a lot athlete, of people like. He's cheaper, and he's an athlete. He's an athlete. Absolutely. Uh, makes sense. And of course, he's not going to bring out the home run jack. Oh, you knew. Oh, you knew. Oh, it took you. Because uh, it's a new mature team without the home <laughs> it run is, jack. right? It's mature. They're going to handle those uh, home runs different. They're going to handle them differently. They'll shake instead of put the jacket on. They'll come up with something. Uh, it'll be some. And people will it'll be a different it. handshake. They'll take their hat off and fluff the All the old suburban they'll, dudes. They'll all something. the old suburban dudes will complain. It doesn't matter what they come out with. They'll they'll, they'll be somebody out there complaining. I want to see it a lot. You want uh, just go the back. The more you see it, the more home runs they're hitting, the more games they're winning. Anyhow, go to the back leg line, shall we? That is the line that we have. You can leave a voice message for Kevin Barker. You'll hear his lovely, uh, his lovely voice when you call in. And we want questions, comments, uh, predictions, criticisms. Well, we don't want criticisms, but predictions, comments, things of that nature, questions for Kevin Barker. The line is constantly monitored by a staff of hundreds. And uh, we yeah. select the best calls every day and play them on the station. Hey, you don't win anything, but you have our undying love and respect, well, which in some quarters is better. It's opening day. Who haven't we heard from? Eddie. Eddie and Fort Erie. Calling in about my predictions late. for the Blue Jays season. I have them winning 95 games and winning the AL East. a boy! I also have Alec Manoa winning the Cy Young Award and winning 20 games. Whoa. And most of all, I have the Blue Jays going to the World Series and winning the World Series Eddie, against boy, the San Diego Padres. Thanks, guys. That is drinking the Kool-Aid. 11.48. Wow. 11.48 on March 30th. Whoa. Eddie in Fort Erie. I hope Eddie's right. Eddie and Fort Erie boldly calling for the Jays to win the it's World Series bold. this year. Like you could see it happen. Well, there are some people who don't think that they're going to get 94 wins. Look, you could you could some win 93, you could win 93 games and still win the World Series. Okay? I'm just saying. You could. I'm just saying. Alec Manoa for the Cy Young. 95, 96, 97 wins a lot. About Alec Manoa for the Cy Young. Hey, why not? He'd be, I, you know, I just looking at the odds, he's in the mix. I, why not? Sure. I'm sure you get better odds on him than you would on uh, on Kevin Gossman. Um, what was his other prediction? Or we 90, 95, 95 wins World in the World Series. I mean, I lost, I, I stopped listening after World Series. I mean, you're. It's opening day, man. I'm not saying they don't have a, Every, a look shot. At, look at the standings. I'm hoping Everybody's so. in first for our, place for except for show, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. I want to hear Eddie come on here and tell me that I was wrong. Worst team in baseball this year. Oakland, Pittsburgh, or Cincinnati. Worst team in baseball. The, all three. All, worst. all three. Worst. Who is the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst? They should be embarrassed. The worst of the worst. Does it matter? Like yeah, one's going to lose... 59, one's going to lose, or one's going to win 59, one's going to win 60, and one's going to win 61. Does that make you a better team if you're the one that won 61? Who's the worst team of those three? Uh, it's got to be Oakland, eh? Yeah, I would think everything's going on with their park. Yeah. I mean, the, the Reds' owner, I just, I, what what is going on there? 
I played for the Reds. That was one of the best organizations. I mean, we loved it. Who, you, were, you weren't there when Marge Schott was on her. No, you <laughs> I'm, I'm not as old as you, Jeff. Come on. I mean. All right. Let's uh, go. Good. Let's go back, oh, back to the back, back to the back leg line. Nice try. <laughs> Johnny Bench, what was he like as a teammate? Yeah, I was. A what was Johnny Ruth? Bench I like as a teammate? I was on the train like you with Babe Ruth opening day. Jensen from Bedford, Nova Scotia. <laughs> or Jason. Jensen. Jason from Bedford, Nova Scotia. Back to the back leg line. Oh, boy. Um, I hear a lot of questions on velocity of late, and um, I've heard you guys mention the uh, potential decline with Kikuchi and uh, what that could mean for, for him this year. Kevin, I suppose this uh, question would be for you. Uh, most of us haven't uh, faced uh, big league hitters uh, or big league stop. What would the difference be between a 93 and a 97 mile an hour fastball? Oh, good question. And I guess the easy answer would be four miles an hour. But <laughs> yeah. uh, from a hitter's perspective and reaction time, how different would uh, those two pitches be? Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. You're knocking out of the park and uh, go Jays. Yeah, it's a Thank great you. question. That's, That's a, a great question. question. I'll say I'm this. Let you just I'll, I'll, I'll say this: a foul ball and a home run. That's the difference. Ninety-three. I can let that travel. I can hit that inside my body. That means past my front leg, past my front knee. Ninety-seven. I cannot do that. I got to hit that out front. Got a party out front. That, that's that's the difference is, and what ninety seven does is that gets you to chase things you don't want to chase. Most, most dudes can't let the ball travel. Let the ball travel nowadays is not hit that ball inside your body. No, that's a foul ball. That's the difference between ninety seven and ninety three. I saw a bunch of ninety threes when I was playing. Ninety sevens was rare. I, I remember when I would you would walk by the the hitting coach because they would always be the ones that give you the scouting report, and he would say ninety seven, and the first things out of his mouth would get it get it ready. He's got 97, 97, now 97, because they're so used to seeing it's not a big deal, but 97 almost kills direction. I've told you this. Mm -hmm. It's not me letting the ball travel and hitting it where I want it to go. I'm trying to put barrel to ball. 93, I can do some things with that. I can let that travel. I can choke up. I can hit that ball the other way. I can pull that. I can let I can think to myself, oh, I got a little time here. I get my athletic position soon enough. I can let my eyes dictate where I want the barrel to go to hit the ball baseball to whatever part of the baseball I I want the ball to go. So people want you know it's only four miles an hour, but that's a big difference. Best fastball you faced, Kevin Brown. I knew you were going to ninety nine with feet, his movement, feet, feet. And threw, just, it my, threw it my ear and, and yelled at me, stared at me. Yeah, and he's and he was crazy. He, he had a certain amount of crazy. Well, there was reasons it. why that I choose not to say out loud, but yeah, it was, it was, it was. It's a, it's a bad feeling. Was he when, the guy Grissom? A, Grissom a, told you to uh, don't don't even don't foul off. What what did you say? Uh, Didn't Grissom tell you about one you, guy? You don't? Hit I said though I hit a ball hard foul. Oh, that's what it was. And yeah. I think I grounded out to second base. He's like, don't dig in. I'm like, what are you talking about? He got me out. He's like, you hit a ball hard. He doesn't know you. You're going to move your feet, first pitch, right underneath the chin. And I didn't look at him, and I remember, I can't remember who the catcher was, but I remember saying to the, myself and the catcher out loud, is he still looking at me? Because <laughs> I had my head down. I had my head down, and he was yelling and screaming. I knew he was yelling and screaming at something, and it was me, Jeff. Poor little old me. Why uh, are you yelling at me? It's a great story. I, uh, uh, I, only, I get to yell at you. 410 is the first pitch today from St. Louis on Sportsnet 590, the fan at Sportsnet. It is here. Opening day 2023, Miles Michaelis for the Cardinals, Alec Manoa for the Blue Jays. We'll be back tomorrow from 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590, the fan, Sportsnet 360. 
wherever you get your favorite podcast. And we will be around following the game for Blue Jays Talk. So give us a call afterwards. Have yourself a great day. Enjoy the baseball. Thank you.